We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, partner, week 10 of this NFL season has commenced, and we're pleased to be joined once again, rejoined, I should say, by a familiar name and face who's been on the program before. It's ESPN's Jake Trotter, so let's bring him in from the practice facility. Thanks for carving out some time for us, Jake. We know it's uh, obviously Thursdays are, are crazy in this media schedule that we're all in and operate on this time of year, so we appreciate your time. And as we always begin with, you know, we, we've already spoken – you know, with the Browns reporter earlier this year, October 1st, you know, prior to, to the first time, so the rematch. Where are the Browns right now, the state of Cleveland right now, uh, especially compared to the first time these two teams met uh, a month or so ago? Yeah, it feels like they're entering the make-or-break stretch for them. They have, obviously, the Baltimore game this weekend in Baltimore, and then that's followed by a big game against Pittsburgh at home. They have got to split these two games, it feels like, to stay in the playoff race, especially with teams like Cincinnati, you know, coming along here. So uh, if you sweep both games, all of a sudden you're kind of in the driver's seat potentially uh, to, to, to win your first division title since 1989. You lose both, and I think it's going to be very difficult for this team to make the playoffs. So this is a uh, critical two-game stretch, and it kind of feels like this team is where Baltimore was to some degree when they first met in that – they have a lot of guys banged up right now, whereas Baltimore, who was super banged up in that first meeting, uh, is is pretty healthy, probably as healthy as they have been all year. So it's a huge challenge for the Browns on the road. Um, but if they do somehow pull this one out, the complexion of their season looks a lot different going forward. Yeah, we'll get into the, the injuries because it's certainly going to have an impact on this game. But first, you, you had just tweeted earlier this week about the playoff odds Ravens kind of leading the way with 96. Browns are next up, 54. Bengals, 53. Steelers, 57%. I mean, it's crazy that if the playoffs started today, they'd all be in. But the AFC North is kind of eating each other, whereas, like, KC is going up against the Broncos of the world and, you know, just not the best competition. So, I don't know. You just said you got two division games. Ravens do, too. They got after after Browns, Bengals. How do you kind of see this this division playing out? Do you think three could make it in? I think all four could actually mm. make it in. I don't think it's <laughs> likely uh, because of the, the cannibalization that's probably going to happen these next two weeks. Like somebody's going to get, uh, you know, probably knocked down a little bit. But uh, we've never seen an NFL history division get all of its teams into the playoffs. But 
the difference is, is now there are seven teams that make the playoffs. And, you know, you look around and at the wild card picture, you've got the Chargers, but like, do you trust them? Um, do you trust the Jets right now? And so you kind of look a, a little further down and the, the, the teams playing the best uh, right now, or at least among the top seven teams of the AFC, are all in the division. So I don't think it's inconceivable that uh, we could have definitely three, but I don't think it's it's uh, outside the the possibility that we could have four as well, uh, depending on how it shakes out. I mean, I think I think Pittsburgh and the Browns are probably in the toughest spots, uh, but they also have the two easiest schedules of the four teams in the division. So it's going to be fascinating, and I think these next two weeks we'll have a much clearer picture of how the AFC North is going to go the rest of the way. So, Jake, take us through what's the latest with Deshaun Watson coming off a, a 27 to nothing shutout against the Arizona Cardinals. The last time, two times, you know, the last time these two teams met, we know he was a last minute scratch. So uh, where is he at right now in terms of uh, overall health and production? Well, he played, uh, which was a good first step for him. Uh, you know, he tried to play a couple of weeks ago against Indianapolis, could not finish the game. Um it's hard to really, I think, assess where he is because I got to tell you, that Arizona team that they played, it's like the worst team I have ever seen in person. I mean, they <laughs> they were not good on either side of the ball. They, 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 there were only like six or seven guys on their entire team that were out there that I even had like heard of. I was like, who is that guy? You know, uh, you know Clayton Toon, uh, you know, God bless him. You know, that was a tough spot for him. They were playing Rondale Moore, a slot receiver at running back because they didn't have any other running backs on the roster. It, it was kind of a disaster uh, type of situation for Arizona. But, uh, you know, Watson, he, he struggled. He looked rusty early. A lot of short throws he missed. Um, he had a 59-yard completion on a play action that was kind of like, okay, like he's waking up a little bit. He had a great throw to Amari Cooper late in the game, uh, you know, splitting double coverage down the sideline. Uh, might be his, like, best throw of the entire year. So, um, you know, they're cautiously optimistic that he's rounding back in the form. But, like, the fact of the matter is, is, you know, he has only played, uh, you know, maybe you know, one and a half, I think, games in his career here that are at that level that he was at in 2020, 2019. They're going to need him to play really well, I think, to have a chance to win this game. Baltimore's defense is terrific, as you guys know. Browns are going to – I think Browns, the Browns defensively, you know, are going to create a lot of problems as well. But at some point, your quarterback is going to have to make plays. And, you know, we've seen him make some plays and make some terrible plays and kind of like it's very inconsistent. Uh, he's going to have to to play really well these next two weeks. And I think that this is going to be kind of a defining moment for him with this fan base, which is, you know, running out of patience. It's been kind of a while here. It's been chaotic. It's been controversial. Um, you know, I think he needs to play well uh, these next two weeks, or I don't know what it's going to be like here for him and, and the fan base. Well, he's going to have to have this defining moment with a banged up offensive line. I want to know if he's going to be protected. Can you kind of inform Ravens fans how many starters you're missing across that offensive line and how that's going to come together for Sunday? Yeah, the Browns are without uh, the right tackle, Jack Conklin, who got hurt in the season opener. Uh, he was replaced by a rookie out of Ohio State, Dewan Jones, who's played really well uh, in his place. Uh, he's probably an all-rookie performer. But then on Sunday, they lost their left tackle, uh, Jedrick Wills, who's been up and down throughout his Browns career, you know, former top-ten pick. But the last, like, month, 
was probably the best stretch of football that Jed Wills had played. He was really coming on. Uh, he's going to be out for at least a month with an MCL injury. And who replaces him? I, I, I don't know what they're going to do because Dewan Jones himself is banged up. He didn't practice yesterday. Their options are, are to play Dewan Jones at left tackle and swing James Hudson, their swing tackle, to right tackle. Uh, they could keep Dewan if he's able to play at right tackle and try James Hudson at left tackle, which is a little bit precarious. They even have, I, you know, they've done this before, not recently, but when they've had offensive line injuries, they have kicked uh, their all-pro left guard, Joel Batonio, to left tackle, which I think is an option this week, depending on how Dewan Jones comes along. So they are not in great shape on the offensive line going into this game for sure. So, Jake, I, I guess the, the, the question is just in terms of um... – overall life after Nick Chubb, you know, of course you haven't had him since the jump. Uh, have the Browns been able to recover and what's the fill-in role been like for Kareem Hunt? Yeah. So after Nick got hurt week two, uh, you know, Kevin Stefanski said like, we can't replace Nick Chubb, but they've been able to recreate him a little bit with a, a committee uh, in Kareem Hunt, who they signed after the Chubb injury, but had played here, as you guys know, for a long time. Uh, um, Jerome Ford, their second-year player out of Cincinnati, uh, who was a, a day three pick. And then Pierre Strong, who they acquired uh, before the start of the season. And all three guys like, bring something different to the table. Kareem Hunt uh, is the bruiser. He's the short yardage back. Uh, Jerome Ford's kind of like your, your one-cut, kind of traditional every down back. And then, you know, Pierre Strong is the home run hitter uh, with a lot of speed. And so they, they can throw a lot of different things at, at you. And they've, they've actually run the ball pretty well they played some tough defenses after the Chubb injury but Tennessee's got a great front obviously Baltimore San Francisco um, but they have started to run the ball a lot better lately and um, you know the, the again their offensive line despite how banged up it is I mean you've got Joel Batonio you've got Wyatt Teller another all pro right guard I mean they've got some quality players up front and the system in the offensive line is kind of where this running game uh, you know is derived from and they've got backs that uh, bring different skill sets that allow them to kind of keep churning along uh, with the running game. Jake, I, I read your article on how the Browns built their defense very fast, and you got to give them credit for how they did that. Just straight up, who, which defense do you like better? I mean, they're they're both close to being ranked number one. Which defense do you think is better, Browns or Ravens? We're going to find out Sunday. I mean, they're different, right? So, like, the Browns have – the star power with Miles Garrett probably going to mm-hmm. win defensive player of the year if the season ended today. You know, Denzel Ward was a top five pick, you know, multi Pro Bowl player. Um, you know, Zedarius Smith, Pro Bowl guy. Um, you know, they have a lot of high draft picks and uh, star players, and they are super aggressive. Like, they're going to bring the house. Uh, they're going to try to get after the quarterback. They're going to play man coverage about as much as anybody in the NFL. I think they're sixth most. Uh, right now in terms of how often they're in man, they really rely on their corners. And then Baltimore, um, you know, they are getting it done with a lot of guys that you wouldn't consider necessarily star players, but just, you know, pros, right? A lot of pros, a lot of depth. Uh, Obviously Roquan is a, you know, a star, um, but they just, it seems like they have an injury and they have somebody else step up and they don't miss a beat. And, you know, one thing the Browns have talked about this week is, uh, they're always in the right spot. Like they don't make mistakes. They don't beat themselves and they're very difficult to move the ball against. So it's going to be a huge challenge for this Browns offense. And I, and I think 
the two best defense in the NFL are going to play Sunday in Baltimore uh, the way that they have played to this point. Jake, we'll get you out of here on this. We know you're up against the clock. You literally are at the facility right now joining us live, and you got to go do your Thursday media. I'm freezing outside too here. You know, it's, <laughs> it's cold in Cleveland as usual. Sarah's right down the road, so she understands that. We got it's a nice seventy-five. Cold 75. in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got a nice yeah. seventy-five degree day here in Baltimore, so I won't rub it in. But uh, we'll we'll finish here. You know, along those lines of Miles Garrett, uh, has anybody had it? any luck slowing him down if so how do you do that and then one matchup that you're looking into uh, specifically going into Sunday yeah you know uh Ronnie Stanley I don't believe played in the first game right and uh you know I think Linderbaum came back in that game uh but the Ravens were a little banged up on the offensive line and they were able to overcome that uh so it's going to be interesting to see the Ravens uh offense really at, at you know at firing on all cylinders um, against Miles and company, whether they can create some mistakes, you know, force some fumbles, right? You know, Lamar has been susceptible at times to give their offense some short fields. So, like, can that defensive front for the Browns, led by Miles Garrett, can they, they force some pressure, create some turnovers, and, you know, muck this game up a little bit? I think that's what's going to happen, have to happen uh, for the Browns to pull off the upset. But you can't block Miles Garrett. You just have to hope he doesn't completely obliterate your team. Uh, because he's done that, you know, in multiple games this year. Hey, Jake, really quick, is five-second answer. Will James Prochet get on the field at all? He's probably going to be their returner. He's probably going to be their kick returner, and he might get some snaps at wide receiver because that's another area they're banged up. Uh, they traded Donovan Peoples-Jones before the trade line to Detroit. Uh, that put rookie Cedric Tillman into the starting lineup, but then they're kind of their third-best receiver, Marquise Goodwin, is in concussion protocol right now. Uh, David Bell, another rotation receiver, has been out with an injury for a while. So uh, they might have to play Prochet uh, just because they don't have a ton of bodies at the position right now. Interesting. All right. Jake Trotter from ESPN. Go get inside, get warm, and uh, look forward to to all your coverage this upcoming weekend. And and thanks again for the time. Anytime, guys. Take care. Appreciate it. ESPN's Jake Trotter giving us 15 quick minutes, Sarah. And obviously it was a little tight there, but we appreciate him sneaking us, you know, sneaking this in for a little while. And obviously they're a little bit earlier than than we are just in terms of um, media availability practice. and practice yeah. and the overall Thursday schedule. So good stuff there. And, you know, we, we got some stuff to talk about too that we can just discuss as, as well when it comes to just what they've been doing, obviously – all four teams entering week 10, like we mentioned many times now, would all be in the postseason if it began today. And yes, the postseason doesn't begin today, but it just shows you how well balanced and, and explosive and how much parity there is within this this division. And, and here's what they've done of late. He mentioned that Arizona game, and I, I kind of had a laugh. I could see you laughing too, because the Cardinals gave the Ravens a tough game. They were, I mean, I, look, what I mean by that is that they were pesky. They were yeah. hard hitting. Yeah. They were physical. They it wasn't a tough game per se. The Ravens kept him in it in a sense. They didn't play the their best game. The fourth quarter, the Ravens like, yeah, let them <laughs> It was let very them do vanilla. For sure. Yeah. Sure. Yes, yes. The, the the score perhaps didn't indicate how much of a stranglehold per se the Ravens had on that game. Right, right, but it, right. It the onside kick and all of that, yeah. that was, yeah, he got a little bit. You're right, pesky's the right word. Annoying is the right word. 
So, so just it's funny. He, he just came out. I didn't know anybody on the team. It was the worst team that I've ever seen fielding in a while. I'm like laughing. I'm like, wow, that was just a, it was very different in the desert uh, for Baltimore. But anyway, the Cardinals got it handed to him. Deshaun Watson's back. Obviously, as you see in the quarterback room, it's been P.J. Walker really since the Ravens saw DTR, the rookie, back on October 1st in week four. So, you know, Deshaun has not played a lot of football. He's rusty to Jake's point, and he's not living up to the contract. There's starting to be a little bit of uh, unrest within the fan base, and maybe starting to be is not accurate. Maybe it's it's bra- it's uh, reaching a breaking point. But the bottom line is, with this defense, kind of like in Baltimore, it it allows for a certain margin for error, and Cleveland is very much still in this race. And we know that in division games come with, with with different nature, different competitiveness, different physicality, and anything can happen come Sunday. Right now, the the spread, the Ravens are six point favorites. The over under is set at thirty eight point five. It's a fifty degree football day, beautiful sunny weather scheduled for Sunday inside the bank. And I think this is going to be a good, closely contested game. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how division games go. Um, you know, kind of speaking of injuries, we talked about Deshaun Watson's going to return. We talked about their injuries, especially across the offensive line. On the Ravens' side, as he said, Ronnie Stanley was out. And by the way, Jake's just good. 
He's good. He, he, he's like, he reminds me a little bit of Jeff, just like this encyclopedia, knowing who is where and when. I had to go back and look it up, but there was no Ronnie Stanley, no Odell Beckham Jr., no Rashad Bateman, no Adafi Owe, no uh, David Ajabo, who was going to miss again, and no Marlon Humphrey and no Marcus Williams. So um, the only guy who's for sure going to miss again out of that group is Ojabo. Nobody knew, I don't think. Um, Williams could very well be back. He could miss, but he could be back. So the Ravens will definitely be more healthy than that first time. Bobby, uh, here's here's what I feel like, it, t- like two keys of the game. One key is always a key, but uh, um, it's, it, it is even more when it's going to be tight. So number one, the Ravens pass rush is going to have to eat. They got to keep this Browns offense to just like, just frustrate the heck out of them. Do not let Deshaun Watson get any breathing room. If you have an offensive line where you don't even know who's going to be your starting tackles, you might be moving your guards over there. I mean, there. I mean, it's 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 in shambles over there across the offensive line. Now you never want to count out depth. You never know who's there. The Ravens have depth, so we'll see. But this is one where, like, if the Ravens, I mean, the Ravens have been averaging what four or five sacks a game. I mean, what if they get up to six or seven? You know what I mean? Like, let's let's get that going, number one. Number two, to me, to me, the Ravens can easily win this because or if they do not turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. That is what that's what's gonna keep these guys in. It's the same thing with Arizona. It's the same thing with the Seahawks. It's the same thing with everybody. The only time teams can be in these games with the Ravens is if they shoot themselves in the foot. No fumbles, none, zip, zero, zilch. And I think that this Ravens offense can move the ball more than that um, Browns offense. I I understand (laughs) this is a good defense Ravens are going up against. Got to give them their respect. They're number one in terms of yards. Per, per game um but but I just they were that good when we played them the first time and Lamar was able to like move the ball even without OBJ without Stanley without Bateman all of that so and now now you've got Keaton Mitchell who's kind of coming alive so I feel like the Ravens can do this as long as there are no fumbles and you hand it over to them yeah this this game is got a much different feel around it than it did you know October 1st now did we know that Deshaun Watson was going to be a last minute scratch no <laughs> not right up until the 11th hour we thought that they it was were reporting be. they were reporting in in Cleveland as if he was going to be there that's why I, yeah I mean Mary Kay Cabot and all of them it just seemed like yeah he was on his way to coming back right so the, the whole crew there and here thought that it was going to be Deshaun and then next thing you know they thrust a rookie into battle, essentially, who, quite frankly, is just not ready whatsoever. Dorian mm-hmm. Thompson Robinson. The Ravens feasted on him that day. You might remember three total interceptions. He was 19 of 36, just 121 yards, a quarterback rating of 25.3. This is going to look Ooh. and feel – this is going to be completely different. I don't care if Deshaun Watson is rusty or not. I still think that the Ravens are going to uh, turn him into a turnover – not machine, but they've shown 
that you can get turnovers. Oh yeah, absolutely. What and yeah. whether it's through pressure or just the, the ball hawking secondary that they have this year, they're going to find a way to at least get one. I, I if I'm a betting man, that that that's what I'm thinking going into this weekend. But with Deshaun, obviously a much more capable quarterback than than DTR, even if he is not firing on all cylinders right now. And so I, I think this is going to be a low scoring game. You're right on the ball security. That is going to be it. Has to be a premium has to be a, a major priority for, for the Ravens. And I think they continue to show uh, teams right from the jump that, Hey, we're going to give you a bunch of different looks with uh, our committee in the backfield. We're going to establish dominance on the ground immediately, and then allow our pass game to essentially evolve off of that throughout the game. And, and, you know, I was listening to, to Marlon Humphrey's podcast on the punchline show that right before we, we started this, this game preview episode and man, he he's so high on Keaton as is everybody right now after what he was able to do against Seattle that he even went as far to say that it could be the Keaton era. Now I'm not sure if I'm willing to, <laughs> to go that, that far yet. I want to see the, the complimentary run game between him and Gus. Right. And if, if RG three is correct and, and Keaton can be the home run hitter for Baltimore. I mean, wow. What, what a, they haven't had that since Dobbins went down, right? And and that's not that's nothing against Gus can be that guy, but is he consistently going to be that guy? He's going to be your bruiser. He's going to be that guy that gets you, you know, three when you need three. Uh, so I, I think it's I think that's where it starts off offensively speaking, game plan wise going into this game. Yeah, I think that's going to be huge. Uh, I'm just looking at this now. Browns are the tied for sixth in terms of rush defense. Uh, but I don't, I don't really care. I don't care who the Ravens go up against in terms of rush defense. It just seems like the Ravens can run, uh, no matter what they're number one in pass defense, but I feel like the Ravens threw fine against them in, in, in week one. So they're 29 in, in pass offense and then number three in rush offense. So, uh, yeah. And I would like Bobby, I know miles Garrett is going to be kind of all over, the defensive line, they'll move him around quite a bit. I'm not opposed to helping Ronnie Stanley out a bit, you know, get, just do not let Miles Garrett wreck this game. I, I do not want to see, in, a, in addition to not wanting to see these, these fumbles. And I'm, I was thinking more in terms of the mesh point with, with Hill, although who knows, maybe Keaton Mitchell can start taking over more of the number two running back role, but I do not want to see Miles Garrett pushing past Ronnie Stanley and causing a strip sack cannot have that. So uh, wherever Miles Garrett is, you know, get a little extra chip blocker, another tight end, Ricard, whatever. But you just can't let him take over the game, especially from from Lamar's blind side. You just you gotta you gotta protect his blind side. Lamar can do a lot of things, but if he doesn't see a guy coming in like less than two seconds, you know, there's not much he can do. So I'd like to see Stanley get some help, and I think that you know to your kind of point with the running game being the key, you know, John Harbaugh said that they're aggressive. They come out to punch you or they come out some, something like that to your point, establishing the run game will make it so that guys like Garrett and all their, their pass rushers can't just pin their ears back and go after Lamar with reckless abandon. So as if they can start running the ball, then they, they have to, get ready to like defend the edges and, and, and do all that. And they can't be so trigger happy off the line. So I, I agree with you. I think the Ravens rushing offense will be, will be a big, a big key. 
hopefully a tone setter. And it's important to remember, too, that uh, Morgan Moses, as of Wednesday afternoon, returned to practice. He was a full participant. He missed last week, uh, which meant Patrick McCary was thrust into uh, fill-in duty yet again at right tackle. But it looks it bodes well for Morgan's status if he's a full participant uh, for Wednesday's practice in terms of what his availability could be. But to your point, you know, look, has it only been a handful of plays where you can essentially kind of highlight and criticize Ronnie? Yes, but those handful of plays have changed the complexion of games. You know yeah. what I mean? And and really resulted in 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 disaster for the Ravens. And we saw it last week. So I, that has to be shored up. I mean, he he clearly he the week before in Arizona, we we talked about this. He struggled with the the, the the power rush last week it was speed uh he's he's got to hang in there man because you, you cannot put Lamar in no man's land uh there's nothing he could possibly do in a couple of those situations and if Jake's saying that that Miles Garrett's playing at an all all you know all pro potential defensive player of the year clip yet again which he seemingly does year in and year out for Cleveland then you know he's going to be coming in ferociously, whether it's through the edge, whatever it might be. You know he's going to find a way to get to the quarterback. Um, so that'll be something to look out for. Before we get into our predictions and whatnot, we do want to shout out and thank our, two of our returning patrons. These guys are supporting everything we're building here inside the channel through Patreon this month, and we appreciate them. So shout out James Wiley and Tanner Mashburn. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. And if you're interested in doing the same, Visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault podcast. You can see that streaming below on the bottom line, or the direct link is in the show notes below. What are you thinking for this one, just in terms of um, prediction? I, I said it earlier the Ravens are six point favorites. Over under is 38 and a half. Given these defenses, I'm leaning towards taking the under. Uh, but what are you thinking going into this one? 24 17 Ravens. I, I feel, I don't know why, I feel uh, confident. You know what I mean? It doesn't even feel like a game where, again, like I said, the turnovers and all of that will will tell the story. That's that to me would would bring them back into it. But uh, I just feel like the Ravens' defense can slow their offense. So uh, I, yeah, I feel confident enough to have you know a touchdown worth of a of a win. So twenty four seventeen. Okay. I've been hinting at it kind of all episode. I think this is going to be very different than it was in on October 1st. I do think the Ravens are going to find a way to win this game. I think it's going to be extremely defensive oriented. I think both defenses are going to cause at least one turnover. We'll see which team wins that turnover battle. Uh, it's funny, you know, when I was doing the Ravens postgame show with Keith, Keith Mills and, and uh, Pete Gilbert, we'd always talk about the three T's, right? What Are you going to win the three T's? The turnover battle? Uh, time of possession, and third down efficiency. And if the Ravens can find a way to win those three categories, or at least two of the three, I think they're going to find a way to win this game uh, one way or the other. I'm going low scoring. I'm taking the under. I'm going 20-17. to 17. The Ravens find a way to win. It's going to be one of those ugly division games, right? Kind of like what we always see with Pittsburgh. Uh, but the Ravens find a way to get it done. Week 10 improved to, what, 8-2. and two if they find a way to win this game. And I, I think they will in front of a hopefully sold out MIT bank stadium on a beautiful day for football. What's up with the 70 plus degree weather? <laughs> Look, I love Baltimore, but I'm an upstate boy, as you know, Sarah from New York and the seventies in November are not a thing. It is 75 and sunny right now. As we tape this episode, on are you November 9th. 
it just doesn't feel like fall to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was supposed to, like I said, I'm in Ohio. Cleveland's worse than where I am. I'm in Columbus. It was supposed to be 70, but it's out there 48. I don't know. These The weather in Ohio is completely unpredictable, but uh, we had 70 a couple days ago. So I can't believe you're complaining of 75 degree weather in November. Come on now. Enjoy Listen it. Soak it up. The Baltimoreans. We'll take a right- walk. <laughs> Baltimoreans want to strangle me through the screen right now. I could just feel it. I could feel it. Follow Jake Trotter on Twitter at Jake underscore Trotter. He is ESPN's Cleveland beat reporter. He's really good, as Sarah mentioned, really insightful and a good follow just in terms of, uh, you know, getting yourself prepared for this one, this week 10 matchup, which will be uh, inside the bank. Yet another home game. And I will be outside M&T Bank Stadium for the Bmore Around Town tailgate. We're going to be joined by a couple former Ravens for that one I'm hearing. Hint, hint. So go check them out at bmorearoundtown.com. I'll be getting my pregame show started probably around 1130 or so. And again, that is simulcast across all of our platforms, both here on the vault uh, and also on the Bobby Baltimore YouTube channel. So Partner, we got uh, obviously a Friday morning vault coming up. We got coordinators, which will, um, you know, of course, there'll be some sound from that in Friday's morning vault. Munkin, McDonald, and um, and Horton. Anything else that's pressing before we jump? I don't think so. Cool. All right, guys. Well, appreciate the time. Sorry, Jake was a little short. We, we get it. I mean, he, he had to sneak that in before, obviously, before he got going with his media availability uh, priorities and obligations. So we appreciate his time as always. And we will next talk to you on Friday morning. Thanks for being with us. As always, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the channel, like the video if you enjoyed the content. And again, join us on Friday and also for the post-game live stream as soon as the press conference is finished up on Sunday. That'll be streaming live across all platforms, probably around 5.15 or so on Sunday evening.